Welcome to Fire Trainers Podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network. I'm your host, Rob Beckman, and in this episode, we'll be talking about SHOT Show 2020. We bring you this podcast to support the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every firearm instructor in America that dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. This episode is also brought to you by our friends at the FTA, the Firearms Trainers Association. Head on over to their website at ftaprotect.com to learn more about their instructor coverage and the competitive pricing. Receive a special 10% off by entering promo code FTP10 at checkout. This episode is brought to you by Mantis X. A couple of years ago, I came across Mantis X at a trade show. and saw a lot of potential for myself and my students in it. Now, I can do my own dry fire practice at home and get expert feedback on what I need to do to improve my own trigger press. But besides improving my own shooting, it also allows me to help my students by having them use the device on their firearm to augment my coaching. It's like having an expert shooting coach right next to me with a student on the range. They work out so well that I actually had a friend who borrowed mine, then paid me for it because he wouldn't give it back. Get yourself a Manus Axe and you'll see why it's such a valuable tool for improving your shooting and your students. Today, we'll be talking with Riley Bowman, the Director of Training for ConcealedCarry.com and host of the Concealed Carry Podcast. Welcome, Riley. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you, Rob, for having me on the podcast again. Yep. We're glad to have you back again and glad to talk about uh, SHOT Show and everything you learned there because I was unfortunately not able to go this year. But before we get into that, can you give our uh, listeners, if they don't know who Riley Bowman is, a quick uh, background? of what you do at Concealed Carry and in in the uh, firearm competition area? (laughs) Well, uh, you know, the funny thing is I I chuckle because I I recently decided I have a new title, and that is Director of All Things Awesome at (laughs) ConcealedCarry.com. That's really just to get a dig in at uh, Jacob, uh, you know, uh, the president of ConcealedCarry.com. And uh, anyway, so, uh, you know, I do a lot of things at concealedcarry.com. It's really hard to describe my job, but uh, definitely host of the Concealed Carry podcast is one of, uh, that's like one of the main things, uh, particularly on the outward facing side of the business. Uh, behind the scenes, though, you know, constantly working on all kinds of projects, but a lot of content production, you know, our training courses that we film and produce, uh, other written content, uh, curriculum development for courses we teach. Uh, of course, you might know something about that. And actually, I'm looking at some some revisions for that uh for that guardian curriculum that that rob you are sort of certified in to teach yourself very cool um yeah you know just a few little tweaks here and there you know i i, I believe in constant improvement and progress and 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 you know, never settling for status quo and so you know where there's opportunities to make things better then that's what we're going to do so we'll be looking for uh some some updates and uh some communications on that but uh you know, I teach classes. I love uh, being an instructor. I wish it's something I could do more full time or more regularly. Uh, but with everything else I got to do, you know, there's a lot to balance there. So uh, my, my gig is not, you know, full time every weekend being out there at the range teaching classes stuff, even though that sounds like it'd be fun. It would be fun, but wouldn't leave me a lot of t- uh, time to do other things, nor would it leave a lot of time for my family. So, so I, I get out and teach when I can. And, uh, you know, try to hold down the fort here at the, the headquarters of concealedcarry.com. <laughs> but uh, uh, my background, uh, I've, I've spent some time uh, serving as a, uh, essentially as a reserve law enforcement officer. I've been an instructor now for almost a decade and uh, certified a number of disciplines, uh, both on law enforcement and civilian side. And uh, competitive shooting wise, I've competed in three gun. I'm just now getting a little bit more heavy into USPSA, uh, working on uh, getting better at that. Uh, I generally perform at a pretty high level, but working on getting higher and better. So, uh, yeah, that's a little bit about me. Well, that's good. Well, welcome again. And I'm sure our listeners are very excited to hear what went on at SHOT Show 2020. I think one of the first things that, you know, we should probably let them all know, there's only certain people that are allowed to go. It's not an open to the public kind of show. It is industry people, you know, people that are manufacturers, people that are uh, FFL dealers that are purchasing uh, mm-hmm. items. And then in your case, in my case, we go as the media, we go, we report, we, uh, we write articles on it, we do videos on it, you can see them on YouTube. And you got to have some reason for being there. If you just show up and say, hey, I'm a firearm instructor, it doesn't matter how many certifications you have, if you don't have some 
some business to be there either to for your for your business to buy stuff or sell stuff or to write about it they they pretty much tell you you know keep walking yeah for instructors that's probably one of the things that really surprises people that they, they think well hey I, i'm in the industry i teach classes and stuff like isn't that mm-hmm. in the industry and and actually just being an instructor is not uh enough as far as how the national shooting sports foundation sees it for getting access to that show it, it really is a trade show intent on promoting and displaying product and finding dealers and other sellers for that product that's really the focus of the show uh, you, you're right that that because of our tie-in uh, here at concealedcarry.com with the media side of things, uh, the podcast, of course, you're a part of that. Uh, we are able to get in with media credentials. And arguably, concealedcarry.com is able to, to also attend as a buyer, uh, being that we sell hundreds of, of various uh, industry products through our website now as well. But uh, it was really sad to not have you with us at the show this year, but you know, you had other important things going on. It, it, it happens. It it happens, and that's where I'm grateful for having backup people um, that I can call upon, like yourself, uh, to go along and help out and tell me a little bit about <laughs> what we've missed, and we can turn it into a good to- uh, podcast. Uh, topic. There you go. I, I am Rob Beckman's backup. I love it. <laughs> there you go. Well, hey, the, the first the first day that uh, was pretty cool, and you've got some videos out about this already. Was the Sig Day. You know, SIGS mm-hmm. is very unique in that they go along and they don't participate in range day, which we'll talk about in a minute. They do their own day when everybody comes there and sees everything uh, SIG related. Yeah. Um, what were some of the, the neat highlights from SIG day? So, yeah, and you're right about SIG kind of doing their own thing. Uh, they do that on Sunday before the rest of the show of the week kind of kicks off, you know, uh, with industry day, the NSSF's, uh, event on Monday. Uh, well, SIG also has a, uh, an event they do on Monday. That's more, it's a little bit more widely open. I think they invite about 120 media people to the Sunday event. Uh, and we've been fortunate enough to be able to attend three or four years now in a row, uh, which we really enjoy because, uh, SIG always seems like they have something to show, uh, they're a very innovative company, especially for a company as large as theirs is. Uh, they've got a lot of different divisions, a lot of different people doing a lot of pretty cool stuff. Uh, this year, probably the thing that, I mean, I did a little video on it. Uh, they've got a new P210 carry uh, model. Uh, the P210, by the way, is a classic design. It's it's one of the most accurate uh production pistols ever produced in the world. Uh, we're talking about a gun. It was designed originally and launched in 1949. Uh, after a time, it was kind of discontinued by SIG, and then they brought it back uh, a few years ago in the in the P210 target model, and they've created a couple other variations of it, and now they have the P210 carry. And it's really the way to describe it. It's sort of like carrying a single stack 1911 as far as it's, it's about that size uh, factor, except with a four-inch barrel. And it, you know, holds uh, eight or nine rounds. I think it's A plus one. Uh, so some of you listening probably don't think that sounds all that impressive. Uh, and in today's world, I, arguably, perhaps it is not. But the P210 is a classic design. It's a beautiful pistol. It shoots remarkably well. It's a single action uh, trigger. You know, anyone's familiar with the 1911 trigger, it, this one feels very similarly. It's not a straight back trigger. It is a little bit of a pivot, but it's very, very light, uh, single action. Um, the carry model is just a little bit smaller and a little bit more, you know, ideal, I guess, for carry for someone who wants to kind of go with something old school. And again, you know, one of those reasons why someone might be interested in the P210 carry is it's a very accurate gun. We're talking about a gun that they're saying that that the P210 series of guns is capable of one inch groups at 50 yards. <laughs> yes, one inch at 50 yards. So for the person that's just you know constantly seeking a little bit more accuracy out of their handgun, uh, this is the gun for you. And they're just beautiful. They're really nice to handle and really nice to shoot. Uh, now, kind of related to that, uh, Gray Guns has created, along with a company called Bruiser Industries, uh, a version, an updated version of the P210. They're really kind of trying to uh, bring back the P210, not just as a as a sort of, uh, you know, 
like a cult sort of, you know, like it sort of has a cult following, right? You know what I mean? So like, but they're trying to bring in a little bit, maybe even more mainstream, like more like duty use uh, level. And so they've created what they call the P210 Bruiser, which actually has a light rail that they've uh, modified. You know, they've created for this a flared magwell. It's got uh, plus two extensions on the magazine. So you actually get 10 plus round. 10 plus one round capacity, uh, a little bit different, you know, site setup and, and some other improved components inside, including a better trigger, which the P210 is already really nice, but they just made it even nicer, if you can imagine that. And uh, that was really cool to see what Grey Guns is working on with that. Uh, again, probably not the gun for everybody, but I, I like cool stuff. And I like cool guns, and this was a cool gun. And then Grey Guns also, and anyone that's not familiar with Grey Guns, they have a very close working relationship with Sig Sauer. And Grey Guns has made their name in producing aftermarket parts and upgrades and custom gunsmith work for, for particularly Sig Sauer's. They also do some work on HKs. Uh, and uh, Grey Guns presented at the show a uh, 10 millimeter P320, which hasn't existed up till this time. Wow. Uh, and, and so that was kind of cool to see as well. So this is a P320, just, just like everybody knows and loves. Uh, it works, I believe, with a 45 caliber grip uh, module and FCU, but it's a 10 millimeter slide and barrel. Um, really cool stuff coming out of Grey Guns. Uh, there was other cool stuff at Six Hours uh, Range Day. Uh, they got a new bolt action rifle uh, called the Cross, firing a new uh, 277 caliber Sig Fury round, is what it's called. And you just got to go look it up. Go look up the ballistics of the 277 Sig Fury, and it's it's unreal. Uh, it's it's got a hybrid case where they're now able to achieve pressures in excess of 80,000 psi out of that round where like a 300 Mac, a Winchester Magnum is like 60,000 or 62,000. So yeah, just to put it in context, this is well beyond what current Magnum rifle technology is. I know this is not a very like fire. Well, I guess we might have firearm trainers that teach rifle yeah, stuff. They might so. be doing rifle or so shotgun. The new, the new well pistols. Right, right. So the new bolt action uh, cross rifle from SIG, uh, pretty cool stuff. A nice, nice rifle. They're getting like 3,000 feet per second out of a 16-inch barrel with a 140 grain projectile in that 277 round. 3,000 out of 16 inches of barrel. Like, I heard that and I'm just like, that, that's insane. So that, that is, I'm going to have to look into that because I, I honestly hadn't seen anything come across to, uh, on any of the uh, threads that I, that I monitor, but then obviously I wasn't at SIG to, or at yeah. shot day to see what SIG presented. So that's, that's one I'm going to definitely have to uh, check out. Yeah, and we didn't do like any videos or anything on it because it's not really, you know, ideal for, for our audience at concealedcarry.com. Yeah. Uh, but checking it out and, and holding it, I actually didn't shoot the bolt action. I just, I ran out of time with everything else I needed to check out and people I needed to talk to. But, uh, but I held the rifle and kind of worked the action and the trigger and it, it's really nice. Very good. Well, the next day you alluded to is range day, which is on that Monday. And that's the, what the NSSF sponsors. And that's where everybody is there. What were some of the cool guns that you saw there at the range day that everybody was showing? There's a lot of cool stuff uh, that people are coming up with these days, you know, and I would say arguably this year was more eye opening, you know, in that regard than, than last year, last year was kind of seemed like one of those years that there was a handful of cool things. This year, there was a lot of cool things. Uh, the first the thing year I'll, I don't go. Yeah. Imagine sorry. that. Okay. Sorry, bro. <laughs> and I would say that for the whole show, you know, the show this year seemed like it had a, a little bit more energy, uh, a little bit of a better vibe. Um, so, so that's, that's you know, and you kind of, the more shows of these you attend, you kind of get a sense for that. And a lot of it has to do with how well the industry is doing. And, you know, we kind of went into that, that Trump slump and arguably things are still not awesome, uh, but things are getting better. And, and part of that's just the, the nature of businesses getting leaner and more innovative and trying to do things differently than they were. You know, we, we all have to kind of evolve as the industry evolves. So uh, the first thing I would point out is um, 
and I, I'll admit I'm a little bit biased because these guys are friends of mine. Uh, they actually are a sponsor of mine as a, as a, as a semi-professional shooter. And that is Culper Precision. They had their first uh, debut at the industry day at the range. Uh, and uh, they, were able, they were able to get a, a, a booth there, kind of last minute notice. Uh, so that coincidentally meant that they didn't have a booth on the show floor at the actual show, but they were able to be at the industry day uh, showcasing their new, what they call the Atomic 6 uh, 9mm pistol. It's basically based. It's it's basically a Glock 19, but it's all you know. It's customized. It's got a it's got a uh, you know a custom built grip or frame, um, you know. And then they've done all this work to the slide. And what they did is they removed 43% of the steel in a traditional Glock 19 slide and replaced it with carbon fiber. So that's really unique because this is the first I've ever seen something like this. I mean, we're used to seeing some carbon fiber starting to be used in, in products like barrels, like uh, Proof Research makes some really great carbon fiber barrels. Uh, and, you know, of course, these aren't barrels where the, where the actual rifling, the rifled part of the barrel is carbon fiber. It's, it's a, a lot of the metals removed and replaced with carbon fiber uh, to where you can get a lighter but stiffer and, and in theory, a better performing barrel. But these guys, uh, Culper Precision, removed all this material on the slide and replaced it with carbon fiber. Keep in mind, this is something that is reciprocating at a very you know, high rate of speed. And so being able to, to do that and bond this carbon fiber to the metal in, in a way like that, uh, number one, I know it took them a long time to figure out how to do that and have it be reliable and how, have it all stay together. Uh, but they figured out a process uh, to be able to do that. It's a patented process. Now, some of you are probably like, well, why would I want to remove all this material on a slide and you know make it lighter and put this carbon fiber on there? Well, I don't know if I can answer all those questions. Other than number one, I just think it's kind of cool. And I certainly think it's okay to just do cool stuff with guns. Number two, uh, a lighter slide, actually, a lot of times, especially when it's tuned in the right way with your recoil spring and all that, uh, it can make it feel like it recoils less. It can change certainly the recoil impulse. And what it's going to do in a case like this is make it faster. Uh, and, you know, there's a point where we don't want to go too too fast because the, the slide will cycle too fast to pick up rounds off the magazine uh, reliably. But in this case, the gun's very reliable. It is cycling very fast. And that means that the gun returns back to target really fast. And so the key there is that the gun's going to settle a little bit earlier than maybe what you're used to with a standard Glock 19, allowing you to pick up your dot or pick up your sights, whatever you're using on, on that gun, and be able to get shots on target uh, faster, more accurately. Do you um, remember what the weight was on, on that? I know it's been cut remember, down significantly, but I can't seem to find it. I don't remember the exact number, but I know that it weighs uh, like 0.3 or 0.4 ounces heavier than a Glock 43. This is a Glock 19 sized gun that barely weighs more than a Glock 43. I mean, that's amazing. And when you add to that, you know, you were talking about the lower bore bore axis on the barrel. It allows you to come back on target faster for those quicker follow-up shots, uh, quicker sight pictures, all those types of things. That is uh, really cool. And you've got a video out there on that, don't you? Yeah, we did a little video on that. And and I, you know, talked with uh, the the founder of of Culper Precision, Brandon Scott, uh, again, a friend of mine. And, and we, we visit about it and kind of talk about the development of this product. And again, you know, some, some people listening were probably gonna be like, well, okay, I still don't really care. But what I like about it is it shows innovation. It shows somebody going, Hey, you know, I've got this idea and can this be done? And what and again, it's a patented process. So somebody else out there in the industry might go, that that actually gives me a you know it, it inspires somebody else with another idea, and we and we might get something out of somebody else, or maybe even from the same company from Culper, where they are able to incorporate carbon fiber technology into other things uh, with guns and other gun related products, um, and and so that's because that's how innovation works. You know, somebody comes up with something kind of cool and and. You know, that leads to other cool stuff. And, and so I, it gets me excited. You think about it, it's been 40 years since uh, Gaston uh, Glock came out with the uh, tactical Tupperware, right? Yeah. The plastic guns. And now you look at it, they've taken over the entire industry. And who knows, maybe in 40 years, what Culper Precision has done, maybe that'll be the new way that all guns are made to make them lighter, make them uh, more reliable, all those types. And we'll be looking back on the Glock of being such a old design at that point. Although I'm sure sure Glock will still be around just like the 1911, what James uh, uh, Browning did. 
um, or, or John ba- John Moses Browning. John, yeah, John. <laughs> I got you, bro. I got you back. Um, <laughs> Thank you. You got my. You're my hey, back. Hey, <laughs> you know, I I know what it's like sitting in the host chair. I've hosted the Concealed Carry podcast for four years, and and uh, you got a lot going on in that host chair. So uh, sometimes your brain goes out the window. Hey, uh, speaking of Glocks, you, you you really know you're onto something as a company, as a design. And I, it's not like I'm telling Glock anything new here, but you know when you see obviously other people emulating them and other people also building in some cases completely unique guns that are based on the Glock design. And what I mean by that is another product I saw that actually I thought was very cool, very innovative um, is from shadow systems and shadow systems is a new up and comer. It's a company that's like three or four years old uh, max uh, you know, they, they obviously they have some financial backing. They got started as a company and officially released their first product last year at SHOT Show called the MR918. And this year, they were they came right back to SHOT Show 2020 with the MR920, which is the new and improved version. And what it is, is again, it's basically a Glock 19 uh, style gun. But in the case of the MR920, is these guys are making the entire thing from basically scratch. It is their frame, their slides, their barrels, their trigger. Uh, they, they may be using some Glock OEM type parts as far as like some of the other uh, miscellaneous springs and things. I don't know for sure on that. But they're basically making these guns in their shop from, from ground up. And what that's allowed them to do is actually uh, sort of rethink some of the things about how a Glock pistol is designed and constructed, uh, allowing a a lot of really cool stuff to take place. I mean, their grip module allows you, has probably, I mean, it has interchangeable back straps and stuff. uh, A lot of options for that too. You can really customize the way uh, that gun feels in your hand and how it points uh, more naturally. You can turn it into a, a more like a 1911 style uh, pointing gun as far as the grip angle. Uh, you can have it be a little bit more aggressive than even I think the, the current Glocks are. Uh, but what was really exciting to me and innovative, besides the fact these guys are, are creating this, this, this whole new, it, it's a unique, unique pistol. Yes, yeah, very Glock-like, but it is truly their gun. And so there's that, that aspect, but they've also patented, or, or maybe it's patent pending, a uh, optics cut that works with Trigicon RMRs, SROs, uh, Leupold Delta Point Pros. Um, I'm not even remember all, all the optics, but basically they have a single optics cut that works with, uh, oh, there's some Vortex models that it works for. Uh, it works for a bunch of different red dots in one optics cut without using adapter plates. And that's the thing. So we see red dots are becoming kind of, I mean, that's the new hotness right now in the industry with pistols as far as sighting systems are concerned. And they've developed a method for having a single optics cut that works with a ton of different optics out there on the market already. That's a huge advancement because you know currently you pretty much lock yourself into, well, I had my slide cut for an RMR, Right. And if you decide one day there's something new on the market you want to try, you want to go with, you want to do differently, well, I already cut my slide for an RMR. I can't, you know, you just can't change willy-nilly. Unless Hopefully you're it fits the same, same spot, but if it's a different brand or different style, then you're stuck. Yeah. Yep. You got different screw, screw hole locations and size of screws and threading and, and all this stuff. And then of course you have the, 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 the alternate is to use all these uh, adapter plates, but then those aren't really ideal either. Cause they're not nearly as strong or as secure as just putting that optic right into the slide. And they put the optic up a little bit higher, which is also, you know, less ideal for a variety of reasons. So that was a really cool innovation. I mean, it seems like a small thing, to be honest with you. And I think there's a lot of people that probably overlook something like that. But it gets me excited because I see where the industry is going. And I like to see somebody trying to solve the current problem of having, gosh, like six, seven, eight, nine different footprints out there in the industry currently where we stand with all these different red, uh, mini red dot optics. Well, that's, that's cool because I, I remember seeing all the red dot optics that are out there and, you know, thinking about, you know, how would you switch, you know, between it and to have them have one that fits all those cuts, that, that's definitely probably something worthwhile taking a look at. 
if yeah. I, uh, next time I I'm agree. in the market. That is really I, nice. I think it's going to be something we're going to see more of as far as other companies kind of catching on to that sort of concept or at least trying to solve that same problem uh, in a similar way. And, you know, of course, a company like Shadow Systems being, being you know, the guys that maybe thought up some of that, uh, maybe being able to patent, you know, that, that, that idea of a, a sort of a single optics cut that fits many optics. You know, but they might be up for making quite a bit of money uh, for, you know, somebody may want to come along and license that. So uh, really cool stuff. Speaking of optics, uh, another kind of big mover and shaker at the show was the new mini, even smaller. Okay. So like the the micro uh, red dots, uh, 407 and 507K models that Holosun put out. So these are geared towards fitting those single stack, those really small, you know, one inch or or thinner uh, slides, like is found on the P365, the P365 XL, the Hellcat, uh, the Glock 43X and 48. You know those guns. Uh, so really, really cool little micro red dot uh, from Holosun. The 407K is just a dot reticle and the 507k gives you multiple options like a circle dot and a dot and uh something else i can't remember exactly now but uh you know currently there's not a lot of options as far as those little small micro red dots go for those smaller guns uh this is a new offering to the market and i it, it's, it's it looks like a very promising one because it's I would say it's just looking at it, just looking at how it's designed and also handling it, it seems to be a lot more robust than the other current offerings in the market. That's, that is neat. I remember uh, seeing some press releases about that and that seems to be a very uh, neat one. I've got a Hala uh, Sun on my uh, Glock 34 and uh, mm-hmm. I like it. It takes a little bit yeah. to get used to it, but I like it because wherever it is, no matter how, you know how it's sighting in front of me. I just put the dot on where I want it to go and squeeze the trigger. Yeah, yep. Really, really cool stuff coming out of a company like Hall Sun. I I remember meeting Hall Sun at one of their first shot shows, which was coincidentally one of my, I think it might have been my first shot show actually five six years ago, whatever it's been now. And at the time, it was kind of like eh, it kind of looked like cheap Chinese optics, you know. And and you know, it's just kind of like well, okay, whatever. They've come a long way. And they're they're really changing the industry in a big way too. That they're definitely a big, big, big player, and they're making really high quality stuff. Honestly, uh, mm-hmm. seeing a lot of the reports that I'm seeing on Holosun optics, uh, you know, like the 507 series, 508s, 509s. Now uh, they're making some really good stuff. I've been very happy with mine. Any other uh, neat things you saw at uh, Range Day and such? Uh, let's see. Range date. Dude, there was, again, there was a ton of stuff. I got to think about that a little bit, but I will say just sort of like random wild card answer would be that I uh, met this lady. Uh, I'm trying to remember her first name, uh, Leanne or Diane or something. Her last name is Bishop and she's the founder of a company called Bishop Firearms. I think I have her business card sitting here and she has created a wildcat cartridge called the 475 Bishop. It has a rebated rim, so it's a it's the same rim size as like a 308, uh, and and that makes a lot of sense when you want to you know build a rifle that's compatible already with 308 uh, sized bolt faces, and uh, this is firing a four basically a four it's like 390 grains but you know basically a 400 grain projectile, and you know kind of the whole purpose of all this is that she wanted to create like a real thumper of, of a cartridge of a gun that worked with a standard AR 10 sized platform. And she's been able to do that. And I had, a, I had a hoot of a time shooting this 475 Bishop, uh, five, 5,500 foot pounds of muzzle energy. Uh, it's a serious rifle. And again, in a standard a, like you can, if you have an AR 10, chances are you can just go and buy one of her uppers Buy the upper. Mm-hmm. And it'll work with a 308, with the 308 bolt and everything. Like you'll, you'll have to replace, I think, the recoil spring in the in the buffer in the of the butt of the gun, but uh, in the buffer tube. But you can use the same lower, same trigger, you know, all that stuff. Just drop the upper on, and suddenly you're shooting something that's like legit powerful. Like you can you can pretty much kill anything on planet Earth with this thing. So uh, if you're a hunter, if you're into that kind of thing, you want something with a little bit more punch in a 
uh, fairly lightweight and controllable AR style platform. Kind of a cool little concept from from Bishop Bishop Arms Bishop Firearms. I thought I had the card here and I, I didn't find it as I was okay. going through things here. But I'll I'll Google that and make sure that add that into the uh, show notes and everything. <laughs> yeah, I was I was drilling a steel target at a thousand yards with that thing. It was it was accurate too, you know. Just yeah. thousand yards that 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 is impressive. I was thinking with a, a you know forty eight caliber bullet there that you know it might might be something under you know two hundred two hundred yards type of thing, but that's actually pretty amazing that you're able to reach out there and do a thousand yards because that will literally yeah. touch anything in North America. Then <laughs> you got it. So was, again, kind of a wild card response, but I had fun shooting it. It was just it was cool to see. That's what range day is all about going out there, checking out new stuff and, uh, see, seeing, uh, seeing, uh, what you want to follow up a little bit more on there while you're walking around all, all through the show. Yeah. I could probably take all kinds of your time, but let me just kind of go rapid fire. Uh, I'll go through a couple other things that people might find noteworthy and wanting to go check out. Um, Walter has come out now with a four inch version of their steel frame, uh, PBQ. Uh, they call it the Q4 SF or steel frame. Uh, nice shooting, you know, gun. Uh, obviously, a little bit of heft to them, but they're kind of going, I think, after more of the of the duty market with this. Uh, perhaps concealed carry too. It's definitely a gun that you could conceal, uh, particularly some of you, uh, you know, larger framed individuals. Uh, I would have no problem concealing it. Obviously, it'd be a little bit of heft, but you know what that heft means? It's a pretty soft shooting gun. Shoots really nicely. I was quite impressed with the Q4 SF. Uh, I'm sure you know some law enforcement officers will, will find some interest in, in something like that as well. And Walter's made a good name for itself in terms of reliability and performance. Uh, Springfield Armory has come out with the uh, new XDM Elite series of handguns. They've got it available in the 3.8, 4.5, and 5.25 inch models. A redes- well, not really redesigned trigger, but it's it's a trigger that's been greatly improved over the original XDM or XD series of guns. Shoots really nice. Uh, a couple other little improvements to the lineup, and uh, including bigger magazines, some integrated uh, and or optional magwells. Uh, you know, probably a little bit more competition oriented, to be honest. But maybe maybe a few guys out there for duty use, they might be interested in something like that. Uh, I did a little video with Rob Latham on that, and actually, it's probably a worthwhile video to go check out because he talks about some interesting recoil management concepts uh, together with me on camera, and then we shoot the XDM uh, Elite, and uh, shoots really nice. Uh, I, can, I can run that gun uh, very effectively, so I enjoyed shooting it. Mossberg, after their release a year ago of the MC1SC, the kind of the sort of MMP shield sized uh, uh, striker fired gun from Mossberg. This year they've announced the MC2C, which is its bigger brother, 15 round capacity, I believe, 9 millimeter. Um, you know, seems like it's going to be a decent little gun for a very low price point. So, uh, you know, provided it's a reliable gun, people might find interest in it, especially if they're a little bit more budget conscious. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got, uh, let's see, the uh, Palmetto State Armory coming out with their own version of a Glock. Again, kind of built from the ground up as uh, their own unique version of the Glock 19. It's called the PS9 Dagger. Uh, this is a $300 Glock gun that's made in-house by Palmetto State Armory. Kind of cool, you know, and they have, they have an optics-ready model as well. So, oh, go ahead. Uh, that was one of the ones I saw video on. I uh, don't think it was with you guys, but no, somebody else had published it. And that was a really interesting one that Palmetto State Armory, they've they've manufactured lowers and different parts and been a good uh, source of ammo and different things along those lines for me over the years. But I was really surprised when they were saying they manufactured their own uh, you know, Glock, Glock-ish type. And that mm-hmm. goes back to your other comment uh, you know, when somebody goes along and is imitating you as many times as we've said, you know, with the Glock design, Gaston Glock's got to be very uh, happy that his design is that is imitated as much as it, as it is, he says. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and then you've got, let's see, the uh, Sky, you know, S-C-C-Y, uh, DVG-1, which is Sky's first uh, entry into the striker-fired market. They've been known now for a number of years, making their double action only, um, uh, was it CPX one, CPX two, you know, models of guns, a uh, little tiny, you know, kind of single stack, uh, well, actually they're kind of, I guess, a double stack gun, uh, but very small. 
And DVG-1 looks like it'll be a pretty cool, interesting little gun. Uh, so that's cool to see. Uh, we got our hands on for the first time on the Glock 44. That was announced, you know, like a month or two ago, but kind of cool to, you know, it was my first time to see it in person and get some shots uh, through it. So I, I enjoyed the Glock 44 very much. Again, you know, this year seems to be like kind of the year of the Glock. We're talking about a lot of Glock and, and almost all Glock 19 sized stuff. The Glock 44 being a Glock 19 sized 22 long rifle chambered uh, gun. And uh, I think, you know, being that size fitting in a, Glock 19 holster, which most people probably already have if they own a Glock. Well, they'll be able to pick up one of these Glock 44s, use it with their same holsters. Uh, the magazines are the same dimension. You'll be able to use them in, in your same mag pouches, but you're shooting cheaper practice ammo, you know, 22 long rifles. So another cool uh, product there. And uh, I was trying to think if there's, I know there's other stuff we saw, but like those are definitely some of the things that kind of stand out to me. Let's, that, those are really neat uh, kind of products. And definitely something worthwhile to check out, see where the industry's going and be aware of it because we've talked about here on the podcast before to where instructors may not go out and buy all these firearms, but I would guarantee you over the next uh, year or two, if you're teaching a class, you'll have at least one of these that'll show up in your uh, classes and you'll at least have to be aware of what it, what type of firearm it is and how to treat it properly. Absolutely. You know, well, Riley, I got a quick question for you because mm -hmm. obviously a lot of our listeners out there are instructors. Yep. See any interesting training aids, things that uh, instructors could really use to yeah. spice up their classes, make it a little bit more interesting? Yeah, I did actually. Uh, so I'll start with uh, Next Level Training, which chances are many instructors listening are already familiar with uh, Next Level Training's CERT uh, pistol products. Of course, they've had the uh, CERT Model 110, the Glock 17 size model that it's been out for a number of years now, four, five years probably at least. Uh, then, then, of course, they released the Smith & Wesson M&P model. That's been out for a few years. Uh, a couple of years ago, released the Pocket Pistol version, which is uh, pretty cool. Uh, and then uh, last year, they announced a P320 model coming, uh, but it is now actually officially shipping out to dealers and uh, 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 folks that are buying direct from Next Level Training. So it's it's out there, and the P320 model, I'll say, is the best one they've done yet. Uh, as far as the trigger goes on that, you know, this is a laser training aid that it's always been a bit of a, I'm sure, a compromised a compromise to come up with a Glock or MMP styled pistol that has a trigger that's you know sort of replicates the real life thing, but works within, you know, what they're trying to do electronically inside, you know, and all that stuff. Uh, the P320 model has the closest thing to a P320 trigger uh, in a laser training pistol than, than I have found yet. It, it is, I, I was quite impressed with it and I'm a big P320 fan. I own uh, quite a few of them and, and carry them and shoot them regularly. So I'm really excited about getting my hands on a new P320 cert model. And then they also came out with, and this was a total surprise to me, and I'll be honest, I can't remember what the product is officially called, but uh, they, they've been trying for a few years to develop a, a better solution for AR uh, rifles, you know, for AR platform uh, rifles. Uh, they had the AR Bolt, which if you can get it to work, it, it works pretty well as a solution. But uh, they're a bit finicky, you know, and you got to kind of work with them sometimes getting them installed in your in your AR-15. Uh, and so I, I think they've recognized that fact uh, for some time as they've been trying to work on some other solutions. So they, they've come up with a very simple solution, which is it, it reminds me of basically an AR-15 style upper. But this upper, it, it has the buffer tube and stock already attached. And basically how this thing works is you take your CERT Model 110 and it slips, you, you insert it in to the bottom of basically where the lower receiver would be on a standard AR. And so you just insert your, your CERT 110 into this upper receiver looking thing and it basically turns it into a AR-15 practice uh, dry fire rifle uh, from, from uh, next level training. So, uh, and, and inexpensive too. I can't remember the exact price, but like 200-ish, 200 something, which I think is very reasonable for uh, for something like that, for a solution like that. So that's a that, you know that, that's always I think a good thing to see because there's always a demand for that. People are like, hey, I've got you know all these other cert pistols that I can do dry fire work with, but 
looking for a solution that works well on the AR-15 side of things, on the carbine side of things, that was pretty cool to see. Again, um, I, I apologize. I can't remember what the name, the official name of that product is. Yep. And uh, I'll, I'll see, or I'll reach out to Mike Hughes and see if he can tell us what the name of it is so I can put it into the uh, show notes and have an AR platform cert type of uh, pistol. I think it's very advantageous because rifle ammo is a lot more expensive than pistol ammo. And mm-hmm. we're using the pistols, the cert pistols to save money on, on the ammunition and be able to shoot them in a non-permissive environment, i.e. your home or classroom, places like that. And this just allows you to bring the AR platform into those environments also. So that's, yep. that's some really neat innovation coming from uh, next level training. Yeah. Just, you know, more options for, for training and, and getting those repetitions and everybody knows how important repetitions with these various platforms are. But by the way, this new AR style product, uh, it, it does have a functional safety lever on it in the same location as a, a typical AR safety that actually locks out the trigger on the pistol. The way it interfaces, it, it actually, it, it actually works. It's, it's not exactly the same as as an AR, uh, uh, you know, fifteen safety lever, but it, it's functional enough that you can at least get those reps in. And I was quite impressed with how and how clever they were with coming up with that solution. Now, Next Level Training's got some competition coming up a little bit in kind of an unexpected way, because uh, Mantis, another product that I'm sure many instructors are familiar with, uh, with their man- their original Mantis X. Uh, now they've got the X3 and the X7, uh, the X10, all these you know different varieties and different versions for you know pistols and rifles and uh, even bows, you know, for archery and stuff like that, which I think is the the X7 model. Um, but they they have announced the X2, which is a dry fire only Mantis X, essentially. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Uh, you know, for for those for someone that's only interested primarily in just doing dry fire with the Mantis software and being able to get that feedback, well, the Mantis X or uh, yeah, the Mantis X2 is a dry fire only and a lot lower price point than some of their previous products have been. So I think it's priced to be right at uh, at ninety nine dollars. So that's a nice little entry that'll probably allow that to get into even more hands. And then referring to the competition to next level training, Mantis has come out with a product called Blackbeard. Uh, not sure where they came up with the name, but the product is super cool. Uh, it works in a standard AR-15 platform rifle. You take the bolt carrier group out of your rifle. You stick the Blackbeard product in. Uh, it's got a bunch of little you know, electrical servo gizmo stuff going on inside of it. And then you take a magazine that's actually a battery pack. It goes up through the magazine well has a couple of contacts that contact with the uh, Blackbeard uh, bolt insert. And that battery powers some little motors motors inside there that you can actually work your trigger on your AR-15 and it'll actually release the hammer just a little bit, but you'll be able to work that trigger, get those trigger reps. Then the Blackbeard bolt ends up resetting that trigger. And I'll tell you, I was really impressed because it can keep like you cannot work that trigger fast enough to outrun this little machine, this little device. Uh, so really excellent product, uh, really well designed. It also gives you a laser indicated shot. That So there's a laser module in the front of that Blackbeard bolt that goes right down the muzzle of your rifle. And so you can get some, some feedback as well if that's important to you or it'll interface with uh, various simulator programs as well. So really, really cool product. I don't know if that, that I got the price. I don't even know if they had the price uh, available and what that's going to be because it's not quite released yet as far as products go, uh, but it will be coming very soon, sometime this year. They have a couple little things they got to tweak, they said, as it relates to that magazine and the battery pack that it contains and maybe a couple of other things, but I was really impressed. This will be a great dry fire product. That's, uh, that does sound really, really cool. And then I've, we've had Mantis on before, so listeners are familiar with that. And I'm sure, you know, with the laser uh, indicating shot, it's going to interface with like the LASR, LASR software that we've yeah. talked about previously too. Um, again, think about it. you're in a classroom and you can actually go along and teach students how to properly shoulder an AR, how to properly press the trigger, and they can see right there 
how well they're shooting before they even get to the range, before they start, you know, firing, firing off and getting the loud bangs and, and, uh, recoil from it. They've got a, a great feedback device that way. Yep. Yep. It, it's, it's excellent. Very well designed. No, well, that's, uh, those are some really, really, uh, cool things. Uh, so I, I really wish I could have went, but I had uh, family obligations and, uh, family comes first. We all mm-hmm. know when it comes to, uh, firearms and all that other kind of stuff, that's why we train and we want to keep the family safe. And if we don't take care of it, when they need to be taken care of, then, uh, why are we doing all the training? I got a one last question before we wrap up this episode. And this is, mm-hmm. uh, started asking all our guests from the, uh, Dave Spalding episode. You reading any interesting books lately? Mm. Thanks for uh, actually asking that because coincidentally, I just started reading a book, which is a fiction book. Uh, and I kind of took a break from fiction for a couple of years. I, 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 I enjoy reading fiction, but I've been you know, more focused on the professional development sort of side of things. Um, but um, what I'm referring to is I just started reading The Terminal List, written by Jack Carr, a uh, former Navy SEAL. And uh, he's a New York uh, Times bestseller, bestselling author now. The Terminalist was like number one, I think, for a time. Uh, he wrote a second book. It was released last year called uh, uh, the True Believer. And then he's got a third book coming out in April called, uh, hold on. <laughs> uh, I had it, but it's gone. Um, something Sun. Shoot, I'll look it up. Anyway, uh, Jack Carr, I uh, had the opportunity to interview for the Concealed Carry podcast in the Six Hour booth. Six Hour was really kind to us this year, invited us actually in. I, I know there was there was me and Kyle Lamb with the with his uh, Team VTAC podcast that I think was all that they invited in for. Uh, uh, they had a little podcast uh, area set up in their booth. So Jack Carr was one of those I was able to interview there. And really thoroughly enjoyed talking to him. And, you know, you could tell this is a guy that uh, experienced a lot of, uh, has a lot of unique experiences, seeing what he did over a, a full career as a Navy SEAL. So this is a guy that's been there. He's done that. He's, he's lived it. And now he's out there writing fictional books, but that they're very realistic and very accurate in their depictions of as far as like, you know, some of the tactics, the weapons that are used. So, you know, for those of you that are instructors and, and want to read something that's more for entertainment purposes, but that doesn't drive you up a wall because he gets little simple uh, basic facts about guns or how those guns are used, uh, this, I think, will be right up your alley. You mean he doesn't, he doesn't uh, put clips into his AR? And things like that. He <laughs> right. actually calls it magazines. Good. As far well, so so far. I mean, <laughs> I'm just a little bit into the book. I just started uh, started that. You know, and, and Jack was kind enough to give me actually a, a per, sort of a sort of a personal copy. Like he had been hauling it around in his uh, book bag for like the week of the show, as he just sort of used it to have on display. And he's like, "Hey, this is the last book I have. You want it?" And I'm like, "Heck yeah!" So it's a little <laughs> bit worn on the corners and stuff. And I'm like, I was thrilled to get it. He signed it and everything. His book coming out in April is uh, Savage Sun. Oh, okay. Yeah. He didn't want to take it back on the plane with him. That's what it was. <laughs> Just leave it dry. Leave it there. Probably. Don't take it with you. <laughs> you're you're, you're, you're kind of, you know, taking away from, uh, uh, you know, my excitement there a little bit, but that's all right. <laughs> hey, so cool to have a book from the author, you know? Very cool. No, it was, yeah, I was really honored to be able to talk with him and interview him for the podcast. Now, I'll, I'll give you a couple of things, too, I'm working on. I'm actually going back through for a second time uh, uh, Varg Freeborn's book, Violence of Mind. Is such a good book, especially on the mindset piece, uh, that I, I just had to start reading it for a second time. I, I, I've, I've started getting back through that probably a third of the way through, and I've put that on hold because I promised Jack I'd, I'd read his book. Uh, so I'll come back and finish uh, Violence of Mind. And then let's see, I've got another one that I've got kind of in the queue that I'm really excited to read. Uh, and I've sort of set a goal for myself this year that this year I want to educate myself more on the historical side of things as it relates to not just guns, but historical on, on uh, the side of like in, instruction and tactics and, you know, like learning, like I've, I've I'll be honest, I, I've never read like any of the old school um, uh, Fairbairn books or Rex Applegate or, um, you know, some of those you know, uh, Ed McGivern, you know, like these old 
school dudes that were legit dudes and and they kind of set the foundation for everything else that's fallen that's followed since then you know and so I, I want to really educate myself more on the historical uh, side of, of the use of guns, the shooting of guns, the instruction uh, of guns. And so I've got kind of a, actually a list there, but I'm planning on picking up here soon uh, some of Rex Applegate's books. Uh, W.E. Fairburn, like Sh- Shooting to Live is probably the next book I'm going to pick up. I want, I, I, it's been something I've wanted to read for some time, but it's time. It's time. Check out Dave uh, Spaulding's episode. I think it was either episode 42 or 43. He gives yeah. a really good uh, listing of books, uh, similar to what you're talking about re- with Rex Applegate of uh, old-time gun shooters and instructors. And, you know, they yeah. tell it the way it is. You know, it might be 50 or 60 more years old, but at the same time, a gunfight is a gunfight. You know, yeah, you know, but for fact me... Fact has changed, but, they're, but psychologically the same. For me, it's about understanding contextually better uh, how we got to where we are, because I, I feel like understanding that context a little bit more completely. Uh, it's not like I'm completely stupid or, or fully uneducated on this stuff. It's just that I, I really want to immerse myself in, in some of those uh, old timers books. And, and like I said, understanding that kind of full context and being able to see it, be able to step back and sort of look at the last hundred or so years uh, and be like, how did we get to where we are now? Because I think that uh, we'll have, there'll be a lot of takeaways for me in that. And by the way, uh, to your point, I haven't listened to that episode yet with uh, Dave Spaulding. I love Dave. I love talking to Dave. Consider him uh, a mentor of mine now. Uh, it was actually over dinner with him a few months ago, and just him and I chatting, and, and it was kind of his recommendation uh, that I don't know that he actually told me you should do this, but he we were taught we were having that very conversation, and I'm like, it's time that I pick up these books and that I educate myself on on the history of of shooting and combat fighting. Yeah, it was uh, it was a very fun episode to record with Dave, and I've uh, added several of the books that he's recommended to my list. Um, mm-hmm. I was glad to hear several of the books I've already read were on his list. So that's always good to know that you're on, on the right path there for somebody as experienced as uh, Dave was. Yep. Well, that, that's a wrap for this episode. And we got a few requests for our loyal listeners. First, visit our sponsor, the Firearm Trainers Association, FTA Protect, and check out their instructor insurance. Being a responsible insurance means having insurance coverage for you and for your students. Remember, use promo code FTP10 for 10% off at checkout. Share this podcast on social media. Let other instructors know about it. Give us a review on iTunes or Google Play, wherever you listen to the podcast at. If you have questions, input, feedback, you can also email us at ftp at concealedcarry.com. And if you have any ideas for upcoming episodes, feel free to send those to us also. We're always looking for uh, our listener feedbacks for it. Remember, we bring you this podcast to support the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every firearm instructor in America that dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. Stay safe and train well, everyone. Concealed Carry Inc. and ConcealedCarry.com strives to share helpful information and education about gun-related topics, training tips, and other things that may potentially have legal implications for its listeners. The information contained in this podcast is intended in good faith, but it is important to understand that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand laws that apply to them. Nothing in this podcast should be misconstrued as legal advice or counsel.